Welcome to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute's Data Science Zoominar podcast. Our Zoominars feature interactive conversations with data science experts working across a wide spectrum of applications in industry, government, and academia. The conversations are moderated by faculty from the Department of Data Science at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. In this episode, Rafael Irizarry talks with Elizabeth Bick from Harpers Bick LLC on the prevalence of inappropriate image duplication in research publications. All right, welcome everybody to our data science Zoominar. Today we are very fortunate to have um, microbiologist and scientific integrity consultant, Dr. Elizabeth Bick. Um, Dr. Bick is known for her work detecting photo manipulation in scientific publications. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And we, I want to have one announcement is that today we have the Office of Research Integrity joining our Zoominars for the first time. It might be the first time they come to one of our academic talks. So welcome everybody that, from that office. I think you might learn something today. All right. So Dr. Bick, I'm going to ask you, start asking you some questions. The first one, um, is that first I, I want to explain that this is an audience of data scientists. Many in the audience is quite familiar with errors in the literature introduced by incorrect data analysis. And this has, but this has been particularly problematic in genomics where a lot of us work. And part of it is because there's a lot of untrained individuals analyzing big data-driven studies led by PIs that some of them aren't really experts in, in data analysis. Um, so, in fact, in, in, in our field, there's, there's this uh, new area called forensic bioinformatics. We have one, a couple of famous people, uh, Bagley and Coombs, that were, uh, that were instrumental in exposing a problem in an important paper from, from a group in Duke that eventually became known as, a, I think, if you Google Duke's, Duke Cancer Trial Scandals, you, you see it on the internet. And it was basically a long process to, to make that come out um, in part because uh, it was the data, it was based on data. Many of the editors didn't necessarily understand what statisticians were saying, but you find problems in images rather than data analysis. Yeah. And that, that's different. That's a little bit different. And I think biologists are a little bit more um, understanding of that and, are, and are, more, are more easily convinced about that. So, so can you give our audience a, a a brief intro on what you do and how you became interested in this area? Yeah, sure, of course. Uh, thank you for, uh, for having me here today. Um, so I uh, uh, did my PhD in microbiology, but um, I, and I've worked 15 years at, at Stanford, and there I got interested in um, looking at images just by listening um, to podcasts and uh, hearing and reading some, some data on, uh, on science misconduct. And it, I got immediately grabbed by that idea and I uh, first focused on plagiarism. But later I dis discovered that I have this weird talent to spot dupli duplicates in images. So I decided to scan the literature as a hobby project in, in my free time to scan biomedical papers for duplicated images within that paper. And I thought I wouldn't really find a lot, but I uh, found immediately some examples. And so I, uh, I just scanned first. Ten so can I interrupt you? So yeah, when you sure, say you, yeah. you, you saw you had a talent, how does that, how does that happen? Like you, 
you show it to your <laughs> friends and you're like, did you see this? And they're like, what? I don't see anything. And then you're like, look, is that how it kind of happened? Like, how do you notice that you're, you have a special uh, talent for it? I, I was looking at a PhD thesis um, uh, that had plagiarized text and I just flipped through the, the images and there was this uh, photo of a, a Western blot, a protein blot, basically a photo with a little smudge, a little stain. And uh, a couple of pages later, that same photo appeared and it was upside uh -huh. down. So it, it, it was sort of, it was rotated and it represented a different experiment. And I'm like, hey, I've seen that image before. And uh, that paper had been published. So I figured nobody had seen this. This was peer reviewed. It was published. It was cited by others. Mm. And there's, there's a, a big error in it or maybe it is not an error I don't know but uh, I, I just decided to scan papers and I found so many that first night that I thought I must have this talent because they're all peer-reviewed right like all these papers have been have been seen by others and so we why didn't the peer reviewers or the editors or the readers see this so I, I, I must spot this I see interesting but well, let, me, let me interrupt you real quick yeah. and just to let the audience know we this is being recorded it's going to be on our YouTube channel later in a week, maybe, maybe earlier. So I just get, I'm getting questions online about that. So yes, it'll, it'll be, it'll be, you'll be able to listen to it later. Okay. Continue. Sorry. Okay. So I also have this, uh, I guess the same talent to spot duplications in bathroom tiles. So if I go to a bathroom in a hotel or in a restaurant and you know, sometimes they have these patterns, patterns, tiles on the wall or on the floor and, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just bothered because I see the patterns of like that tile is the same as that tile or, but that tile is rotated or so. So I've always okay. seen that and I assumed other people did the same, uh, but I guess I'm pretty unique no. in that. But by posting these things on Twitter, so now I'm discovering that other people are starting to, to see that as well. So it's, uh, it's one of those things, if you point them out then then people start to notice it too. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, so for those that don't know, you can follow Dr. Bick on Twitter and she, she puts up uh, challenges and she tells you the level, like hard, easy, medium, <laughs> you can, and you can try to answer them. Okay, so are you going to show us some slides now or do you want to do that later? Um, sure, I can, I, can, I can show some slides. So, I, I, yeah, so uh, people know what we're talking about. Yeah, all right. Let's, um, let's share my screen. And... I'm gonna, that's this one. So I'll present. So you can see my screen, it's building mm -hmm. up, there it is. So this is a paper I uh, published together with Arturo Carcedeval and Farrakh Fang in 2016. And this is, this is sort of my big work in which I looked at images in biomedical papers um, in a Sort of a systematic way, I looked at 20,000, over 20,000 papers. So uh, I didn't read the papers, I just looked at the images. And I um, oh. only, uh, I selected in these papers by, uh, by screening for a particular world, word called Western blot, which is a type of photo, or type of uh, image in these uh, types of papers, to enrich for papers that have photos. Because I, I didn't look at line graphs, I, I focused on the fo photos in these uh, papers. And I did. I want to enrich these papers for photos. And since photos. this is my one of the questions I had is, how did you pick these twenty thousand? Is it all of them, or anything with a Western 
No, it's it's. Uh, I started by uh, scanning uh, plus one, so I can show that. Um, okay. Let me see. I'll move around. Yes. So, th this this is the study set. So uh, I uh, started by scanning papers from plus one, which is a sort of middle of the pack journal uh, in terms of impact factor. But it's a a wide journal. They'll publish a lot of different topics, and I specifically scanned for the word Western blot between quotes and uh, scanned a couple of months worth of papers from uh, two years, 2013 and 2014, which is when I did this work. And then later I decided I should not just focus on one journal, I should look in other journals as well. So I added another uh, bunch of journals and also went back in time. So this is why the study set is a bit lopsided and um, in terms of numbers of papers from plus one. But it's it's a very easy journal to flip through. Um, mm -hmm. It's not because I I have some particular uh, suspicion about plus one, and in the end, it actually ended up in the middle of the pack in terms of uh, percent of image duplications. But it's it's just very easy. You just load. It's open access, so I can just you know do this mm -hmm. at home, flip through the images in a very fast time. They have like detailed view of images. Uh, it's just very nicely set up for the type of work that I wanted to do, which is to look at photos. So that's that's the data set. And um, just to go back in my slide, so uh, I base my searches on the fact that in biology research images are mostly unique. So I have a couple of examples here on the screen. Uh, on the top right are Western blots, which is the type of photo that I most look at. So they're, you know, black stripes and they all, for me, all these all these stripes look look unique, they have unique different shapes, they have different colors of background, there's little uh, smudges and stains and, and, and just the shape, you know, they have smiling, this one smiles a little bit or it frowns huh. a little bit. You have all these different shapes. So I just look at this image and this, this is a great image, it's, it's unique. So I'm specifically looking for duplicates in these things. So these are microscopy images of all kinds. And uh, you know, some of these images look similar to each other. This image looks similar to that, but it's actually a time series. And so you would expect these things to look similar. So even if a duplication was there, but it was appropriate because it was a, you know, a time series or it's the same experiment uh, shown in figure one and in figure five, if that's a duplicate, but it's showing the same thing, I would not flag it. I would only flag it if they're inappropriately duplicated, which is meaning uh, which means that it's it's a duplication, but it, the two identical images represent different experiments, which is not good, not expected. And so those are the ones I flagged. Mm -hmm. And here are some examples. This is what I call type one simple image duplications. Uh, for example, if you compare these two um, these two photos that are marked in red and the colored markings, the colored boxes are mine. So I added them to the photos. They're not part of the original. So these two look identical and these two, one here boxed in blue, also look identical. Identical. You see this little curved structure here that you see in both of these. Well, if you look at the labels, they're different experiments. So that's not good. And then here are some of those examples and, and here are two as well. So those are duplicate panels or duplicated images. And how long, when you look at this, how quickly do you see it? Um, like I, I within see seconds. It. I see it after you, Wait. within seconds, because I see it once you mark it, but otherwise, I'll, okay. Well, I, I, I know what to look for. So uh, I, so first of all, I'll, I will immediately think, oh, all these images look a little bit 
similar. So I'll look for, for a structure like this. Do I Got see it. this one somewhere else? And then I see it. And so I, I have, of, of course, after scanning 20,000 papers, I have some experience. So I'll know that, oh, this might take me maybe one minute or so because I'm like, oh, is this the same as that, but rotated because it has a little white dot? No, it's, it's actually a different image. And so, you know, some of these look quite similar to each other, like these three, but they are different. And, and so that might take me a little bit longer um, to, to, to spot it. And once I find one pair, there might be a second one. So I will scan a little bit more. Okay. And this is another type of duplication, but with repositioning. So it's either, uh, you know, rotated, it's flipped uh, or flipped upside down. It's uh, shifted. So all these are examples where, for example, uh, these, these two panels here, uh, the, they have a common area marked here in green by me. And so even though they're supposed to represent four panels, you actually see only two different photos. It's just a shifted. So shifted I'm sorry, but someone took, someone went into Photoshop, cut stuff up and moved it no, around. It's, no, it's not Photoshopped. This is just shifted. So uh, the color boxes are mine. So they, they, um, it, it's just to show that these two images overlap. So th oh, this left corner of, of, of this panel, this top left corner overlaps. So they're Got sort it. of, they're sort of like, like, like that. Yeah. They're, they're, it's, it's you a, just shift the microscope a little bit and take another it. photo. Got it. It's like a different screenshot. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, um, and here in this example, you'll see the same image, but it's flipped. You can see here the labels are flipped. So I had to rotate the whole image <laughs> to make these two, uh, this is a Western world. So to make these two uh, lines or these two rows look exactly the same. So there's a little spot here that I labeled with the blue arrow. And similarly here, this is the same blot, um, but one in one in the left one, it's labeled that it came from a nucleus of a cell and it's the tubulin protein, while here it came from the cytoplasm and it's the HDAC1 protein. So that's definitely not the case. These are the same blots, it's just shifted. So they're shifted. And then the third one, that's the, 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 the baddest <laughs> uh, example. So this is what I think is image alteration or, or Photoshopping. Um, for example, here you see lane nine and 10 look very similar to each other. And so it looks like it's just one photo, but it looks like part of the photo has been duplicated. And maybe uh, lane six and lane eight also look, have, have things in, in common that I see like this structure here, you can see here. And here, this example, although this is not technically a photo, I know that, but the, these are called flow cytometry images. And I, I include them in my searches because I can spot the alterations there as well. And they're supposed to be unique. They're like observations plotted in a, in a grid. And you see a lot, of, uh, a lot of similarities between these two images, but here in the middle, you see a region that is not present here. And so I don't know if this has been added to the image or taken out in this image, but the, the percentage of dots that fall in these quadrants have been changed. And so this looks like a doctored image. Wow. So, so to recap, there's three types. And this, this third type is most likely to have been done intentionally, while the simple duplications are the most likely to be an honest error. So that's why we have these three categories. So this last one, I'm not, I don't, I don't know how to use Photoshop. I don't have, I don't own it. Me neither. Me neither. I just spotted. So, <laughs> so how do you, so it, do you know how to use it though? Like, is this, is this easy to do in Photoshop? Because like taking points out, is that something you can like click on them and erase them? 
Uh, how easy I'm, is it to, yeah. do, to, to produce this from, I can see what you're saying. This, these are the same with some add, either added or subtracted right? points. Yeah. But that, I guess that's, maybe it is easier. Maybe someone in the audience can tell, that knows Photoshop can tell us how hard that is to do. But anyway, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, just look online. There's so many altered images nowadays. Uh, there, it might not be in the program Photoshop itself, but it, you could probably even add it in, in other programs like Paint or, or so. Um, whatever, like you just add a couple of dots or maybe they had another image which looks similar but not shown in this particular figure and they took a part of that uh, cluster of dots and plopped it into this particular plot. So, so someone uh, in the audience says it's pretty easy. <laughs> yes, with brush <laughs> and clone, it's easy. Everybody's exactly, like, it's super yeah. easy. <laughs> okay, thanks everybody, yeah, I, you got it. <laughs> I'm 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 not a I'm not very good in Photoshop. I've I've used um, Illustrator a lot, which is uh, you know also uh, Adobe um, program. But uh, Photoshop, uh, no, I'm not I'm not very good at it. And uh, but yeah, I think it's one of those things. If you if you know how to use it, it's it's pretty easy. And uh, I I assume it's easier than actually doing the experiment because otherwise you would just do the experiment, right? But mm -hmm. they they didn't. They they photoshopped it. Great. So, um, yeah. Fascinating. Okay. So can I continue with my questions? Of course. Of course. Okay. So, so you have um, a statement in one of your papers that says the prevalence of papers with problematic images has risen markedly during the past decade. So wh what is that statement? That was in the intro, not in the results. So what is right. that statement based on? Is that on your own data or is that some other, something else you've seen that makes yeah, we, we didn't put a reference there. It's just based on the observation that you see more and more um, uh, in the news articles about papers that were retracted because of image problems. And, and it's also fed by the fact that an, a paper nowadays has more figures than, you know, 20 years ago. When I did my PhD, you would have, you know, one, one image or two images, and that was a, a really nice paper. But nowadays, images and figures in, uh, in, in uh, uh, publications have much more panels and there's more supplemental. Yeah. So it's just the number of, of figures per paper has, has risen a lot. But yeah, there's websites like Puppier or Retraction Watch. If you follow those websites, you'll see a lot of, of papers being retracted because of image problems. That's a substantial part. And it seems that that is on the rise, but yeah, that's, it's, it's just, fairly easy to spot these things in photos and so uh you can even wonder why do people leave that many traces because if i if i can see that overlap why don't you shift the microscope a little bit farther and there would not be an overlap and well, i would maybe, not spot maybe it. they are <laughs> and that <laughs> well, relates, that's true that's true yeah that relates to my, my next question somewhat which is that um your f your false positive rate seems to be very low like i i don't think i've ever seen some image that you share that i think you're wrong mm -hmm. um but how about your do you have an idea this is hard but do you have an idea what your <laughs> false negative rate is have you looked at an image not seen anything and then have some somebody else tell you oh you missed this one like do you ah, have any yes. sense of that uh i don't know a percentage but it's definitely i'm definitely not perfect because mm -hmm. the way i scan uh scan these papers is by scanning really fast so it might just take me a minute per paper depending on the complexity of the paper obviously but um yeah so i i definitely miss duplicates that other people uh, see sometimes 
uh, it turns, when I post these things on Papier, there will be other people and saying, uh, oh, you missed one. You know, I found like, let's say 20 duplicates in a photo and somebody would say, yeah, well, I found the 21st one. And I'm like, okay, fine. But um, it's, yeah, I, I miss things because I'm, I'm trying to do these scans pretty fast. Uh, I have no idea about the percentages. Uh, I might miss maybe, let's say, 30% if I had to make a wild guess. Uh, But on the other hand, you could say, sure, I miss these things, but all the people who have reviewed, edited, and cited the papers have not seen them. So I'm I'm still finding many more than, uh, than... Absolutely. No, there's no question about that. And that, yeah. that brings me to a question from the audience, which is, is, is similar to one I was going to ask. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll ask them at the same time. So, so the, have you had conversation with editors and, and, and to, if you have had them, are they, are they listening? Do they realize that there's, that they could be doing more? And the question from the audience is that given that the current system isn't working, as well as it should, you, you would if there was like a hundred people like you looking at these things. Um, is there is there a possibility of having companies, you know, for profit? The question is for for profit companies that actually do this for every paper. Right, uh, that's a lot of questions in one question. Uh, <laughs> so the um, talking to editors, I haven't really talked one on one with editors a lot. I've had email conversations, obviously, because all these. 800 papers that we found in this set, I've reported. But um, I think the to really see if editors are listening is to look at the results, if these papers have been corrected or retracted. So mm. after I reported these duplicates, which are inappropriate, so they're either errors or they're intentional. But either way, in my opinion, there should be either a correction or a retraction, depending on the severity of the, of the duplications. So of the 800 papers I've reported in 2014 and 15, so that's five years ago or longer, only 30% of these papers have been corrected or retracted. Interesting. Uh, and, and so that means that, that two-thirds of these papers have not been touched. They're still out there, even though I reported them five years ago, um, which, which means that the editors are not taking any actions. They're, they, doesn't, they don't seem to be very motivated to to look at these papers. And it's of course a lot of work for them. They need to contact the authors, ask for original data, and maybe the authors don't respond because their email address doesn't work anymore. And so they're you know, maybe stuck in the situation where they, they don't wanna take any action or they don't have the, the capacity, uh, they don't have staff to deal with these things. So, uh, but I think over time, now that I'm posting these examples on Twitter, that's, I'm sort of dragging it in the open and forcing people to to take a look at this and and making decisions if we if we are okay with these papers having duplicated images or should we do something. So I feel the tide tide is changing a little bit and that uh, editors are starting to realize that they that this is a real problem and that they should address it and and not only look at these things post publication, which is what I'm doing, but before publication. Right, sure. So that's yes. a, the second question is. Uh, can we can we can we look for these things um, uh, by some automated way? And I actually turned this into a drinking game. So I'm gonna take a, a sip of coffee because <laughs> whenever I'm gas- I'm asked this uh, this question, I um, I usually reply on Twitter by saying drink because it's a drinking game. I get asked this question a lot, and so it's yes, there are uh, companies and uh, that are 
and also academic groups that are developing software tools to scan for these things. And uh, because you would, you would think it's fairly easy to scan for duplicated parts of images, but it's much harder than one might think. So there are now some tools on the market or starting to come on the market that I assume will be used by publishers to screen manuscripts that are submitted like they screen manuscripts for plagiarized text. So with plagiarism, they scan the text to all the papers that have been ever published and see if there's a duplicate. Um, for images, that, that is a similar process, but the scale computationally is much larger. Um, and, and so it's not quite possible yet, but I assume that's a matter of time. Uh, there's still, these tools are, I believe, still not as good as, a hum, as the human eye because they look for pixel to pixel uh, identity, while sometimes these things are not pixel to pixel identical and they're rotated or shifted or mm -hmm. they might have a different color or they're like stretched. And so it's a, with your eye, you can recognize it, but sometimes the software doesn't, doesn't catch these things. Yeah, well, we can't tell cupcakes from chihuahuas. Exactly, exactly. Not, like artificial intelligence is, uh, is not always <laughs> a good thing. And so you'll, I think you'll always need a human inter intervention or a human assessment to see if, if what a tool finds to be identical, if that's, if that's appropriate, maybe it, it is the same experiment or it's the same, uh, very similar blot because they reprobed the blot with something else. And so you'll always have to have a human looking at the results of these tools and, and say, yes, that's, that's okay or that's not okay. Interesting. So on a follow-up question to that is that um, you clearly have a talent for this. And my, the question then is, can, can you think we can train people that aren't necessarily naturally gifted to, to, to do this? And I'm thinking of referees, like that maybe there could be a course <laughs> Uh, where people learn from you or others. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, on training people to get better at this? Uh, yeah, I, I'm actually training on Twitter. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, turning in the, I'm turning this into a game. So I, I have been posting a lot of these duplicated images and I usually remove the identifiers. I don't want it to make sure. these. I want to just turn it into a game without, you know, the additional- Without shaming. Severe, shaming people. Uh, just making people aware of it so i'm like oh can you here are five panels um can you spot the duplicates and i i have some examples if people want to play this game I, I i have some in my presentation but so i could show them but it's uh it's it's the main purpose behind this is to make people aware of the problem and to make them into better peer reviewers if they ever do a peer review or maybe they become an editor or they cite a paper they they can look at these things because if you if you're trained to find them, you, you can see these things sometimes in seconds. So it doesn't add a lot of extra time. And I'm actually, since I've been doing this, I'm getting daily emails from people who say, oh, I found an image and can you look at it? And am I right? Uh, and what should I do with it? And, and usually they're, they're sort of excited to have found it as well as disappointed at the same time because it's a published paper and, and so it's out there. So it, um, it sort of pollutes signs okay let me ask you a question with one of your pay i'm going to share my screen because i want to can you see it yes i can yeah, see it this is one of your figures so this is a figure for those um that haven't read the paper this is impact factor of the journal and then the proportion of papers that that 
Dr. Big found to have, and her colleagues found to have uh, problematic images. So up is bad, down is, down, down is good. Um, and this is showing that high impact factor journals tend to have less problematic images. Not that surprising, maybe, because it's they're, they're, they, the referees spend more, maybe more time looking at them, not sure, but maybe. Uh, now, the question I, I have for you here is that I also see this red, this red point up here and then this purple point here, there's a lot of variability. Uh, and I, I just wonder if you have any thoughts on what's going on here. What, what explains some of the variability we see within, within impact factor uh, categories? Right, so, so the variability, in my opinion, is explained by the fact that these are different journals that run by different editors, they're run by different publishers. And, and so each of these group of people have an impact on the, the, the quality of images and the quality of papers that gets published. So the one that is at the top there in red, that's a Spandidos uh, mm -hmm. published journal. And I don't remember which particular journal that was, but it's, it's a, uh, Spandidos is, is by some regarded to be a predatory publisher. And so it's, it's not- Sami Hindawite yeah. also Hind is- Hindavi, I think Hindavi uh, is actually trying to do better. They're, they have a, a now an ethics, uh, research ethics, a team and so they're definitely trying to improve things and um but these are papers from older so they're from you know 2000 and you know 2000 and and, and up uh, most of the most of these papers so so they're a little bit older and uh yeah, i think a lot of editors didn't have didn't realize that this was a problem so there's other journals who specifically scan for these things and they have a very low percentage of uh, problematic images interesting so the next question is from your other paper. This is, a, uh, let me see, I can make it, I can um, zoom in so we can all see it where to go. This one's, oh, I'm sorry about that, everybody. So this is, this is a, a very interesting one. This is by country of the, of the first and last author. Mm -hmm. And first, this is compared to, so the author, it's relative to the U.S., so one means like the US and then up is worse and down is better. And well, first thing I'm, I'm noticing is that it looks like the US is, is, is better than, than the average because most of these points are above one. There's a few exceptions. Um, so I'll, 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 I'll ask you if you have any comments about that. But then there's two that really stand out to me and it's China and India. So the question is, what is you have, and there's an audience member asking a similar question, what do you think is driving this in, in these countries? Is it institutional policies or, or something else? Yeah, they're, they're sometimes institutional or countrywide incentives to publish. And so, mm -hmm. uh, for example, China has had, I think they, they stopped doing it. They, they had incentives to publish in international journals. And they also have in a lot of medical schools or medical uh, uh or hospitals that are not specifically research hospitals but you know just clinical hospitals they have a uh, rule that if you want to get a promotion as a young doctor if you want to sort of step up to the next level you have to have a paper published and they uh these doctors are not given time to do research and so sometimes they buy papers from a paper mill so they're maybe fabricated papers and they just want to have their promotion they're actually not really re interested in research and so oh, they I might see. they might do this and 
So it's 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 policies that are I'm sure um, written with good intentions, like we want. Uh, people from our hospitals to to publish and we want to be a force in international science uh, publications but these incentives lead to 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 things like that and we actually one of the things we did in this paper is is to really look at academic culture and incentives and found that it wasn't it was associated with that and uh, and not driven by the country but by driven by these policies Hmm, interesting. Yeah, and then let me let me be clear that these are not. This is not the nationality of the author. It's the it's the, it's the institution. Right. right. That's, exactly. So, yeah. Okay. Important distinction. Good. So, by the way, you you need to take three more drinks based on some of the questions I'm seeing here on the. <laughs> oh. Okay. On uh, on the on the Q and A. Okay. I'm going to stop sharing, and then uh, we're almost out of time. So I'll ask you a couple more questions. Um. So this one. Uh, this is something that worries me, not specifically about you, but in general, that that you in particular, but others as well, have become influential on social media. And a post of yours, although you're very good at not not um, not putting out the names and all that, but but um, sometimes people can figure it out. So you you have now a bit of power, and you could uh, you could affect someone's reputation by tweeting their paper as an altered image. So that might concern some people because there's no formal process or anything like that so um and and there's not necessarily a way for the authors to defend themselves or they could go answer on twitter if they wanted to but do you have any thoughts on that yeah it's it's i think the 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 work i'm doing is very easy uh to i could easily bring down people or or make fun of them and i try not to do that so i make a game out of out of the duplications, but I try to make it about the figures and not about the author. So like you said, I, I, uh, I usually don't publish which paper it is, although sometimes I do make exceptions. And there are, uh, I see other people immediately yell misconduct or shame. They should uh, jail, put the, put the authors in jail. And I, 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 I try not to do that. So I, I try to flag the papers, but it's up to other people to judge. So it should be the the institute should do an investigation to see if these uh, what happened that these images are duplicated, were they fabricated or not. That's the part I don't want to interfere with. I just want to flag these things. But yeah, there it's easy to write a blog post and make fun of people, and and uh, I try not to do that. Sometimes it is tempting because sometimes you find a lot of dirt on, on a person. <laughs> so, but I uh, try to make it about the papers and not about the people who write these things. I also don't know who of the, I don't know, 10 authors on a paper might've been the one doing the misconduct. All authors are responsible that this is how science publishing work works. You accept responsibility for the data in the paper, but I cannot tell if it was the first or the last or the middle author who, you know, who photoshopped an image. So it's, it's about papers your, and not your, about papers. Do you email the authors or is it too much, too much work? I do that indirectly. If you post on Pop Peer, which is a site where you can flag papers and you can say, hey, this, you know, figure 1A looks like figure 2B and here's a, the illustration. It does send an email to the author. So it's sort of, I don't directly send it to the author because it becomes a, you know, he said, she said type of thing, they, they'll deny it. Um, but the authors are notified that I posted something on their paper online. And then I'll report it officially 
by sending an email to the editors, not the authors, but to the editors of the journal, uh, sometimes also the publishers. Now that I have a couple of more people who I know are, uh, are concerned about these things as well. And occasionally, if it's a cluster of things, a cluster of papers from the same author, I will also send an email to the institute, to the research integrity of the officers of the institute. Wow, interesting. Okay, so, and, and have you noticed, have you started to see an improvement at all? You've been doing this for about five years. Is there it's, any yeah. sign of things getting better? <laughs> uh, I think, Yes, things are, are, people are more concerned about it. I mean, it's similar to anything that gets posted on social media and discussed, as we know, now know with, for example, Black Lives Matter. I think once you, once you bring videos or evidence online and have other people look at it, not just the people who are you know, responsible behind the scenes, but, but just the general audience, I think collectively people are worried and concerned and demand that these things are addressed and this is this is just ge very general uh for a lot of injustice in society but also for for science misconduct i hope by posting these things online i i'm opening the discussion and i'm making people aware of the the conflict of interest that some of these journals have and institutes as well like a if you know if there's a, a very highly influential professor somewhere at an institute that brings in a lot of grant money, an institute might not be very motivated in uh, uh, letting that person go because they're doing misconduct. They might actually be tempted to put things under the rug. And I see a lot of examples like that. And I, I hope we can change the discussion. And And I think it's it's going to be a very long and slow process, but I do see some signs that things are improving, yes. Excellent, yeah. Well, I'll say one thing. You, 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 did, you talked about putting stuff on social media, but I got to say that you do something else that is, I think, important because, you know, social media could, there could be biases that aren't noted immediately, but you actually did a systematic review and published that as well. I think that's important. I don't think it's enough right. to just, you know, post tweets about problems, but. Yes. If no, I, I, started by, <laughs> I started by being a serious researcher and now I'm taking things online, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very serious. In, in this field and I uh, hope that I've proven, uh, you know, I have a little bit of a track record of publishing papers on this, but now I'm taking, like I said before, I'm frustrated by the lack of response when I did it the official way. And yes, I'm, I'm taking now things more and more in the public to just to make people aware of it. All right, great. Any parting words to for all the data scientists listening? Uh, I don't know, be, be honest, be good science and, and make sure that, uh, don't walk away from this presentation by thinking that all science is rotten or broken. I still believe that most scientists are super honest and well-willing. They might make mistakes, like you know, doing the wrong statistical test, for example. But I think most scientists are are honest and uh, trustworthy. I'm just dealing with a tiny sliver sliver of science that is not the case. Uh, you know, not. Uh, not good science, and uh, but still, I have full faith in science, and I, uh, I hope you have too. I agree. Well, thanks again for joining us. Sure, and it you're was very welcome. Very interesting, and um, I'm sure the audience also enjoyed themselves. So thank you. Thanks again. Okay. Thank bye you. Bye. bye.